You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. You know, Shannon, it's interesting because we've done a couple shows together now, not counting, well, counting the, the interview on the fantasy fallacy and, and the book that you wrote. And I, I find myself just so excited to talk more with you at SexyMarriageRadio.com. And, and I think it's because you go places quickly and easily, <laughs> which, you know, speaking as a man, anytime a woman's willing to do that, let's talk more. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what a shame that... Um, that it would feel so inappropriate to do it in any other setting. Exactly. But yes, I, I love this really safe setting where you're in your home with your wife and my, and my I'm in my home with my husband and we can create the conversations that husbands and wives really need to hear. Exactly. But where do they go to get exposed to that? Well, they go to sexymarriageradio.com and if they want something specifically <laughs> that to, to be addressed, they can send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com and that's something both of us will get. And that could be a future show. That could be a direct reply from one of us. That could be something future of a coaching with either one of us. That could be who knows where that could lead. But we do enjoy feedback from our listeners because we have some of the best listeners in the world. Yeah, and I was really tickled to see that we actually have a follower in common that we got an email this week saying, hooray, Corey, for bringing Shannon on, that he's been following my books for quite a while and has emailed me before, and he's been following your radio program and, and has emailed you before, and so um, hopefully there's a lot of other listeners out there who are just as delighted as we are that we are doing this. I'm sure there are, and the way that we can also spread, spread that word is if you are out there listening, and if wherever you are, thank you for doing that, but if you would hop on iTunes and give us a review or feedback or a five-star review would help spread the word helps it climb the charts, and we want the, sex, the Sexy Marriage Radio message to spread as far as possible because we, we truly believe the best sex happening is in the marriage bed, and it can be hot and fantastic and sacred and blessed and no holes barred, yeah. <laughs> if you will. And, and Corey, the really cool thing I think about this format, this message, this topic is you know, when you look at the problems in our society today, I mean, you know, really major problems, you know, a lot of divorce going on, a lot of broken homes, a lot of single moms trying to provide for children on their own, um, you know, a lot of adulterous affairs and all that kind of stuff. People might wonder, why are you guys wasting so much time and energy talking about sex? But the reality is, is if a husband and wife are having really great sex in their marriage, what are the chances of them getting divorced and having a broken home and her becoming a single mom and, and him having an affair and all that kind of stuff? Sex in marriage is like the glue that bonds yeah. an entire family together. And when you think of it from a more aerial perspective, it's really kind of the glue that holds our society together and helps them function in a healthy way. That's true. And we've often said that sex is a barometer of the relationship. So if, if you've got really good sex going on, it's very, very likely, if not a guarantee, that the relationship is going well too, just because you're yeah. connecting at deep levels. And, right. and that's a great thing for marriage. That's a great thing for families. That's a great thing for societies. Yeah. Sex is communication. Yeah. And the more couples communicate, the better their relationship is going to be. Exactly. Which brings me to the last show that we did where 
you know, we had a script of where we were going to go and we didn't come anywhere near it, which <laughs> would be off script, which is great. And sometimes some of the best sex happens that way. We were going rogue. <laughs> it's just, hey, let's just see where this path leads. Um, but, but you brought up at the end of the show, the ever elusive, the mystery, the, I can't think of any other, you know, words that fit. The, <laughs> That's the, enough. We the, get it. The G spot. <laughs> So we yeah. got it. We have we got to go there. <laughs> pun we, we, pun we intended. Do <laughs> we do indeed, and I certainly hope that if if husbands are listening without their wives, that they'll be sure and replay this show in the future for her to listen in on too, because it definitely takes two to tango with this. Yes. Both partners have to definitely know what they're doing. Um, and if wives are listening without their husbands, I would encourage them to do the same thing because you can only explain to him so much and until you've actually experienced it it's just really hard to communicate about this sensitive topic yeah. now how we discovered this i mean i'm i'm like probably 90 percent of the people listening i had always thought that the g-spot was something that ernest graffenberg or whoever whoever said that he discovered this spot was probably manufacturing <laughs> or maybe he really did think that it existed but the rest of the world didn't. Right. I thought that magazines featured articles on it just to sell magazines because it is so elusive. People right. are wondering, well, how do I find that? Right. But when I sat down to write The Sexually Confident Wife back in 2007, I knew that I needed to do 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 <laughs> I knew that I needed to do due diligence yep. and explore every nuance of my female sexuality to write a book like The Sexually Confident Wife. And so I started looking for books explaining how to find that G-spot. And we were actually on an airplane on our way to do a marriage conference in Colorado when I finally came across language that was clear enough, that was descriptive enough, that a light bulb came on and I thought, okay, I think that, I think that this is a clear enough roadmap that we could try this, that we could treasure hunt. So okay, I I'm glad I'm glad you it. kept going with that story because I was I was about to say we were on a plane to Cal to Colorado when <laughs> we discovered you know no, what we're not okay <laughs> we are not members of the Mile High Club <laughs> <laughs> okay we like to abide by the law <laughs> very, very good so yeah so we uh, so I asked my husband to read it and uh, once we get settled in uh, there in Colorado Springs we decide you know, okay well well let's go exploring. And there are a few things that I have learned. Number one, it really does exist. It really does exist. Okay. It, and it is a sensation like no other. It's not like a clitoral orgasm in any way at all, really. It's just a completely different sensation. But I'm going to give couples kind of a step-by-step -step on how to go treasure hunting on their own. Okay. And there's a few, uh, there's a few unromantic uh, things that have to be discussed first because there are some steps to preparation that are going to make this a whole lot easier. Number one, whenever this spot is being stimulated, the woman will worry that she is about to wet the bed yep. because it, it it's like right behind the bladder. Yep. And so he's not just stimulating her G-spot, he's stimulating her bladder. So my recommendation is, ladies, go to the bathroom <laughs> just before you crawl into bed. Pee beforehand. Yes, exactly. Empty that bladder. The other thing is, it's not going to be sufficient just to lay a towel down on the bed, but you are going to need to lay something on the sheets or else you're going to be sleeping in a very wet spot. My recommendation is a crib pad. 
There are special pads that you can buy at Toys R Us or Babies R Us or wherever that are waterproof on the back right. and cotton on the top that you can just lay on top of because there will be a lot of fluid expelled. And that's one of the reasons why women wonder, did I just wet the bed? It's a lot more fluid than what she releases with a clitoral orgasm. Okay. So you got to protect the, the sheets. And so here's what I would recommend, that she lay on her back and that her husband lay by her side, kind of on his side, and if he will insert his longest finger, his middle finger, inside her vaginal canal with the palm of his hand facing the ceiling. Right. That way the pad of his middle finger is perfectly positioned to stroke the anterior portion of her vaginal canal. Right. So envision it being like in between her vaginal canal and her belly button is where that G-spot tissue is. Right. And he doesn't it doesn't need to be a great big motion. He doesn't need to do a bunch of in and out. It's really just a very tiny motion of maybe a quarter of an inch where he's just just manually uh, massaging that and it's it's kind of like he has to make a hook with his finger, kind of like you're saying to someone, "Come here." Like right. when you it's the you come know, it's you, the come hither motion. Exactly, it's the come here, but you're doing it with your middle finger so that you really get that anterior portion, and she just needs to relax into that. And if he does that long enough and is gentle enough, and there's plenty of lubrication, what she will sense is a feeling of. I really need to bear down. It's almost like you're in labor and you just feel like if I don't push, I'm going to explode. And as she pushes, the fluid from the G-spot is expelled and that's what's referred to as a fe as female ejaculation. It really is possible. Um, but one of the other things that I highly recommend is that she relax in regards to her thoughts. That when women turn this into a mental wrestling match of, oh, I can't think of this, 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 or this, because <laughs> that would just be unpleasing to God or, or unfaithful to my spouse or distasteful to me or whatever. You really just need to relax and let your brain go where it needs to go to accomplish this task. The time to retrain the brain is later. Right. Um, and that may sound shocking to some women, but the reality is, is that you have to relax into this and there can't be a mental, a mental wrestling match going on. And that's true. That's true beyond just this, isn't it? Right. I mean, that, that's true to, to just experiencing better sex is is letting your letting your mind go to a degree. I I totally agree, and I know a lot of people that totally freaks them out. The idea of what I can think about anything and everything that would just be so wrong. Well, I think that there's a big difference between uh, a thought that comes into your mind in the midst of sex and something that you're actually lustfully contemplating. Right. Um, yeah, there's a, a, a big difference. It, when you're lustfully contemplating something, you're actually orchestrating how to carry that out, how to make it happen, how to go out of your way to encounter that person in a situation where you could be alone, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not what you're doing when you're in, a, in, in the act of intimacy with your spouse. What you're doing is you're, you're just letting your mind take you where you need to go to experience that sexual euphoria. And there's a whole lot that you can learn about where your brain goes. Right. If, if you just aren't freaked out by it and don't assume that this is something that you're supposed to now act out on, that if you just look at it from an analytical perspective and say, now why in the world would I, would I fantasize in that direction? What does that even mean? What does that symbolize? And you would learn a lot about yourself. Right. And if people are listening to today's show, but they haven't listened to the ones that were aired what, um, November 1st and November 7th? Yeah, on then, the fantasy fallacy? 
Exactly. I would definitely recommend that they go back and listen to those to learn more about what their fantasies even mean. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So one last thing I need, uh, one thing I need to add to this discussion because it, I, I, this should be kind of a no duh kind of a comment, but when you're talking about trying to find the G spot in your, in your wife, you're also talking about the fact that she needs to be aroused. It's not just something you just start from static. We just took care of the household chores and put the kids to bed. Hey, come right. here, spread them. Let's let's find the G spot. You know, yeah. It's it's not that. It's because the one thing I I've discovered or learned in, in some of the the schooling I've taken is that the G spot, the the ridges, quote unquote. That, that you mm -hmm. can, it kind of feels the vaginal wall, that area of the G spot feels a little bit different, but that's similar to the penis in the sense of they, it gets engorged just like the vaginal lips or, or you know, the labia, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the same kind of setup that there needs to be some engorgement to help enhance the experience. And that happens through foreplay, through kissing, through touching, through, just whatever it is that leads up to this event. Sure. And I would highly recommend oral sex to help her relax and yeah. to provide lots of lubrication. I'm a big believer that saliva is the best lubrication possible. Yay, God, for creating saliva that way. <laughs> have all we need. Exactly. An unending supply. You don't have to run down to Walgreens in the middle. Um, so, yeah, I, I would completely agree that she she does need to be warmed up or else it's going to feel like an OBGYN exam. <laughs> Of just spread your knees and, and going that's in. That's not erotic. <laughs> yeah, that's not romantic at all. <laughs> and so, the, and then the other thing I think of, and this is probably a, a true to most women, is you know the room needs to be warm. You know, it's it's winter time almost when we're doing this show, and it's cold here in Texas, which is a rarity. So, hey, most women, if it's cold, that's not going to be real relaxing. Yeah, I once did a blog post on the 10 things that women have to have just right in order to experience orgasm, and that is one of them, is the temperature <laughs> in the room has to be warm enough. So even if right. it means cranking up the heat, even if it means putting a space heater in just for yep. an hour before you crawl into bed, uh, a couple of other good ideas is for her to take a really hot shower yep. before she climbs into bed, and then the cool air feels like a welcome relief. Um, or even just doing some yoga stretches or some sort of, you know, mild exercises to get your blood flow going before you go into the bedroom. That can certainly help warm you up as right. well. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a proven fact that women are not able to orgasm when they are cold, when they're shivering. <laughs> well, I wonder why. I don't understand. Huh. <laughs> now that's just common sense to me. I mean, that's, I think my, no. my wife has a one What's degree it? variance is the way she puts it, that it, it, it can be one degree, <laughs> give or take. And that's it. You know, it's like, come on, I, we needed, we needed a certain temperature or else, you know, we're, we're climbing under a bunch of covers. <laughs> so. Yep. It really is hard to concentrate and let your brain go where it needs to go when you're thinking, oh my gosh, these chill bumps make me look like I have chicken skin. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you're physically shaking because you're so cold. Exactly. All right. So you, you, we've gone through, you've led us down the holy grail, Miss Shannon, of, of the <laughs> G-spot. That's what some of the different websites out there would say. Um, and it is something that I love the thought of, okay, just, you have to just relax yourself into that. 
and and then at the same time if your if your husband will do the same because i know as men we can get so performance driven that it's it's really hard for men to just sometimes sit back and relax as well. It's this whole, oh, is she enjoying this? Or what if I did this? Or, oh, and you're kind of watching for cues and it's, it's real tentative. And man, it, it's a whole big circus act sometimes. And it, yeah, so it, it can be distracting. It, and watching for cues, you said it, Corey, that's exactly what he needs to do. Right. That, that you can tell by her breathing, by her vocal responses, by how her body moves, whether she wants you to go faster or slow down, just pick up on those cues, pay attention, and be engaged. And I think the, the biggest thing that really kind of turns women on is when she feels as if he's doing this not just for her pleasure, but that he is really enjoying it. Right. You know, I've heard you say before that the, the biggest thing that turns men on is a turned-on woman. Yep. But I would say that that works both ways. And if she feels as if he's only doing it to cross a finish line or have the victory <laughs> or to say he he finally, you know, it's like Christopher Columbus, I charted in. Yep. I discovered country. it. <laughs> exactly. I ventured into uncharted territory. That um, That's going to kind of be a turnoff to her. Yep. But if you, if you just relax yourself into it and really enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy exploring and playing and just making her feel good that she will pick up on that and she will absolutely love that. And I also have to tell you the really cool thing that my husband said to me after we experienced this is, um, you know, most people know who've read any of my books at all or have, have heard me speak. I had quite the promiscuous background as a teenage girl and when I married Greg, I was 22 um, and had, had had more partners than I would ever care to admit. And he was 26 and was a virgin. And the night that we discovered this G-spot, we had been married 18 years at that point. And he's, he takes me in his arms and I'm telling him, wow, you, you, you really blew my socks off, right. literally. He said, so you just experienced something with me that you've never experienced with any other man? Oh, and it just melted my heart. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, I, I totally did. We, we've experienced something that no other man has ever taken the time and been so intentional to help me discover. And it made him a hero in, in my eyes and in his own eyes as well. And so I would encourage couples, if this is something you've never experienced before, try it. See if it doesn't bond you together in a whole new way. And I want to build off of a statement you just made that, that applies not only to this of, of just trying to find the G-spot or to trying to make a great orgasmic experience for your spouse. I mean, I love the art of doing and being done. That's, that's a future show too. But um, <laughs> the idea of allowing time and, and, and taking the time and the interest to explore. Because if you think about it, sex can so easily become a to-do list kind of a thing. Sure. Where, where one partner's just doing this, okay, just get it done. Right. Just push the elevator button until it arrives at the right. Place. Right. Just thrust enough till you're done so I can move on about my day, please. You know, and or, you know, he could be sitting there saying the same kind of thing of uh, whatever. Just get this done. Let's just move on. I'm going to put in my doodle, my duty time and then we'll move on. And but sex, you know, that that's where the script comes in and throw and going off script allows so much more possibilities because it allows Absolutely. for well, who knows where it goes? You know, who knows who says that having sex, you know, women, I'm jealous because women have the multiple orgasmic possibilities so much more easily than men. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> and, and they feel it. It's like a full body wave, 
you know, when they feel it. And I've had glimpses of that in my life, but I, you know, it's, that's it. It's like a taste of it. Like, ha ha, here you go. You know, I look at how much more I can do with this. That's what my wife would say. Exactly. And, and I'm like, come on, that ain't right. But then, but then I sit there and think who says just once is all you have to do. If that's kind of your normal script, you know, take some time. What do you got to do? Sleep? Come on. You get plenty of sleep when you're dead. <laughs> you can't have sex oh, when you're you relax dead for a refractory period <laughs> and then you wake back up and, yeah. and join in on that fun again yeah the whole thing about how how the female body is wired I just think that it's so sad how many women are under the impression that well sex is just something I do for my husband he he gets a lot out of it but I don't get that much out of it it's really just my marital duty right Hello. Let's look at the at the fact that the male penis has four thousand nerve endings in the tip, but the female clitoris has eight thousand, yep. twice as many. Yep. Let's look at the fact that women can orgasm not just one way, like men. We can <laughs> orgasm through clitoral stimulation or through G-spot stimulation or through stimulating both at the same time and creating a blended orgasm. Yep. And men have to slow down and wait for a refractory period to pass before they're ready to go again. But women can have one orgasm after another after yeah. another until she says, okay, that, that's all I can take. I can't take anymore. So this whole thing about, oh, well, women just have penis envy, you know, like Sigmund Freud said. Yeah. I like, <laughs> I don't remember who the author was, but when I read it, I cracked up. She said, hello, Sigmund Freud. Why in the world would I want a shotgun when I already own a semi-automatic? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, that yeah. I, I will freely admit I'm jealous. Yeah. So, enjoy your shotgun. Yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna keep our semi-automatic. <laughs> <laughs> but it is one of those things that, as far as for sexy marriage radio, I mean, because we want to be a show that obviously, if, if if you're new to this show and you're like, wow, okay, I had no idea that was going to be talked about to that detail. That's exactly what Sexy Marriage Radio exists for, is is we're going to be straightforward, not vulgar, but straightforward about what's going on behind closed doors. Yep. Because no that's... No guilt, no shame, no, no inhibition. No, because that's the area that most married people s struggle with at some point. And I want to get across the idea that that struggle... It doesn't have to exist, but it's also normal. It's also part of a process because sure. just as you admitted, Shannon, that it took you 18 years before you guys discovered this. Well, it's not like every single episode of sex is fantastic. You know, sometimes it's, man, nope. that, that was miserable. That, <laughs> that was awful. Or that was a, no, don't ever try that again kind of a thing. I'm not interested at this point in my life. But it's, it's just kind of a learning of each other and a willingness to, to be gracious with one another, but also seek each other and seek what you want. I mean, that's the, that's the intricate elegance of, of married sex to me is, yeah. is this kind of the it, way we live life. And, and don't assume that because you're not successful finding this magical spot or, or achieving orgasm at a particular season of your life doesn't mean that you can't try it again later. Right. Um, you know, I think that a woman in her 40s is just a lot more in tune with her sexual self than she was in her 20s or 30s. Yep. So if at first you don't succeed, try, try again in the future. But don't take it off the table completely. Your feelings about it may totally change. You may find that what you found very distasteful early on in your marriage becomes quite erotic later on in marriage. <laughs> All right. So I'm just sitting there thinking as a married man 
driving along, listening to Sexy Marriage Radio and hearing your encouragement to women of what you just said as a, with a huge smile on my face. <laughs> if at first you don't succeed, let's go to the lab again, honey. <laughs> let's just keep experimenting. <laughs> There's got to be. It's there somewhere. The people on Sexy Marriage Radio said it was, so it's there. <laughs> We've got to find it. That's the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm not sure how to close this show. Oh, you know what? Why don't we? Uh, it, it, what you just said reminds me of our big faux pas in starting this show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm new to the technological world. That, that's Corey's department. And when we first started, I couldn't hear him. I couldn't hear a thing. And I kept saying, Corey, I, I've lost all audio. I don't know what the deal is. But I had plugged my microphone into the headphone jack. And we laughed about how, you know, putting it in the right hole certainly helps. Makes the right difference. But then I put it in the right hole, it, but he couldn't hear me. And then I realized, oh, I hadn't turned the microphone on. So getting it turned on before you put it in the hole is a really good lesson that we can close out today's show with. <laughs> and with that note, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Dr. Corian and Shannon Etheridge. Uh, if you've liked what you've heard and want to hear more or something specific, let us know. Feedback at SexyMarriageRadio.com. We're glad you took some time out to listen to us, and we hope wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, I hope it's fantastic and it leads to great and more sex. Have a great day. <laughs>